Blog Talk Radio. right here on Two at Tuesdays on Indie Fire with your girl, Nakia. I'm, I am super excited. Okay, let me back up. I'm always super excited, right, on Tuesdays and Thursdays and Saturdays around this time, right? So let me tell you why I'm super excited today. I so, oh, 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 let me back up again. Let me back up again. All right, so the intro music is coming. We're getting closer and closer to the intro music. But as I told you on Saturday, that right there was Smooth Criminal, produced by uh, Metal to Music CEO, Franz, the hybrid one. And each time I hear it, I get more excited because, not because it was supposed to go on my album, but because, like, I'm actually thinking, like, we should really, like, put that in the show somewhere. Like, we should use it. Like, somebody should jump on that and make that, like, something. Now, I don't know what, but somebody should do that and do something with it because it really gets me hyped, especially on Tuesday, you know? But I'm excited because of our guests today. Like, I'm always excited with our guests, especially people that I, I like, that seek out the show and find us. I really get excited about them, you know, which is pretty much everybody. So I'm always excited. So I'm really excited for our guests this evening. So I'm not going to spend, you know, too much time talking about what has transpired over the course of the past couple of days and everything. But I'm, I'm excited because, you know, we had – Dr. Monica Bickerstaff on the show on Saturday. Her launch was phenomenal at Macy's at the market in Vegas. I don't know if you saw the pictures on social media that I posted, but, you know, she, she sent me the pictures um, on Sunday evening. The launch was awesome. So I can't wait for her to come to Atlanta um, in October because we're going to turn up, guys. We're going to have so much fun with her. Um, so I know it's going to be amazing like it was on Sunday. Um, but just the, the if you haven't had the opportunity to listen to the interview, I've been posting, you know, the link for the interview. Plus, you know, you also, if you text her and let her know, you know, you listen to the show or just mention the show's name, you get 10% off of your purchase um, of her product. So um, listen to the show, listen to the nuggets that she dropped as well um, about stress, and depression, anxiety, um, <clears throat> those sexual tidbits that she dropped as well. But, guys, not only was she dropped for me, but just in general for both men and women, um, again, for the stress, the depression, the high blood pressure, the diabetes, all of that information that she dropped um, with her natural, you know, products, her uh, beauty and essential oils, all of that information that she dropped, 
And then the importance of the meditation. And, guys, you know how hard it is, you know, for me to focus, like, more than five minutes, right? But I've been doing it. Like, I've been listening. So she, she's been on me, like, sending me messages, like, you know, hey, don't forget your 20 minutes, you know. And I've been, I've been doing it. It's not hard. But I've been doing, you know, like the 20 minutes or, or like 18, 17 minutes of meditation. I've been doing it. And it's really been working. It's only been like three days, but it's really been working. I Now, I don't know if you really honed in to what she said about number seven, the number seven for me, right? All I'm going to say is she was dead on, all right, about the number seven, dead on. And I will elaborate on that on another episode. I will most definitely elaborate on that on another episode. But she was she was dead on about the number seven. Big things coming really soon. Big things coming. All right. So make sure that you listen to that episode with Dr. Monica Bickerstaff. Um, she dropped all of her contact information on that episode. If you want to purchase a product, again, ten percent off as we mentioned, Indie Fire, and you text her. Um, you got questions about how the essential oils work. Um, you want her to mix up some essential oils for you for, you know, different reasons or different elements or different, you know, illnesses. She got you text her, explain everything to her. You're in the Vegas area, stop by for the consultation. She'll hook you up, all right? That's Dr. Monica Bickerstaff. She's on on Facebook as Dr. Monica Bickerstaff. She's on Instagram as Dr. Monica Bickerstaff Riley. And she's on Twitter as Vegas Holistic, right? Make sure you check her out, right? I don't want to talk about her too long because, you know, I'm, I'm all excited about everything that she has going on, everything that she has going on. My guest for this evening, though, I'm I'm super excited again, super excited, especially again when our guests seek us out and we don't have to go and seek them out. And this guest actually sought us out on on Fiverr. We're on so many different um, social media uh, platforms, and she sought us out on Fiverr. Um, and I forgot all about Fiverr. Thank you, Monica. <laughs> I forgot all about Fiverr. I'm talking about um, author and blogger Cheryl T. Long. She was born and raised in Philadelphia and has always loved writing stories. While in the fifth grade, Cheryl had a teacher who really sparked her interest in writing. He always told her that her storytelling was quite unique for her age. From that moment on, Cheryl had one vision in mind, to give the people around her an imaginative outlet. Always trying to find new avenues to express herself, she has two blogs which she uses to reach her ever-growing audience. Now, I've just been informed that these blogs have changed, so I don't want to quote them at this point. She'll give them uh, to you throughout the show. But one of them she uses to reach um, mothers and daughters And what she does is she writes love letters to mothers and daughters um, on various topics. And the other she uses to showcase short stories and daily devotionals. And Cheryl is a mother of four, like myself. And she enjoys cooking, unlike myself. She uh, is the author of the Cherished 
series. Cheryl is creating a genre of her own, which she calls melodrama, which she says is a very sticky topic. You can find her works of art now available through Amazon, Ingram Spark, Kobo, Smashwords, Free99Book.com, Megabookville, and Book Lover, just to name a few. Fiction, however, not the only genre that interests Cheryl. She also writes children's and self-help books. Indie Fire listening audience, I present to you this evening my very special guest, author and blogger, Mr. Cheryl T. Long. Hi, Nikia. How are you? I am well this evening. I am very well for two lit Tuesdays. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm so proud of myself. Like I had to tap myself on the back because I'm getting so good at this. Like before, and I got to explain this on every episode. Like I would, I would introduce my guests. And then I would applaud them, yay! But I would forget to actually hit the applause button. So now I'm getting so good at this. Like I'm, I'm just yes, I'm, I'm all about it tonight. Yes, I'm on it. Yes, I am so happy to have That's you here good. with me this evening. Um, you could have been Thank anywhere, you. and you are here with me. I yep, I appreciate you having me on your show. Thank you for being here. I want to back up just a moment. Um, because I do understand that you have changed the name. You've updated the name of your blog site. So I do want yes. to put that out there. And I know that you will um, update our audience again at the end of the show. But your your blog for the love letters to the mothers and the daughters. Right. So my blog now, name is, is www.dear daughterslovemom.com. Actually, what I did was combine both my websites into one. So you can get all of my blog content. You can actually purchase my books and get my devotionals and get my short stories all on one website. Oh. Yes. Oh. So www.deardaughterslovemom.com. Daughters with an S, loves with an S, mom.com. Yes. Yes. And everything is on the site. Everything is on one site. Yes. All right. I got it. So I know that in your bio it states that at the age of five, um, your your teacher noticed that you in had the fifth grade. The fifth grade. Yeah, fifth that's grade. okay. Yeah. Your your teacher noticed that you had a a your writing style was unique. Mhm. You yourself yeah, so had, had a passion a- for writing. Yeah, so 
So in the fifth grade, I had a teacher. His name was Mr. Barnes. I, I hope he's this man. But anyway, um, yeah, in the fifth grade, um, I had a teacher, Mr. Barnes, who loved my writing and, all, and always told me, like, my stories were over-the-top, elaborate. And um, English, of course, and language was my best um, subject. And um, I always would write really long stories, but they would be fairy tale type stories, no matter what he asked us to write about. And he would always say, hey, you know, you really have, you know, a gift for writing. You, I think maybe one day you're probably going to either be a journalist, writer, like you're going to be in that field. You're going to be a good storyteller. And, you know, that kind of always stuck with me as as my life, you know, began to unfold. and And so... You know, I always I have journals that I write in all the time, and um, yeah, that's kind of like where it all began for me. So, when you were a little girl. Did you ever think that becoming a writer would be the career path that you would follow? No, absolutely not. I wanted to actually be a journalist. I know I knew that I always wanted to talk and be <laughs> in front of some sort of audience, but my passion, I love photography. I wanted to be a journalist. And um, in high school, I took up a lot of journalism classes. I actually went to William Penn um, High School for a little bit, and then I went to George Washington High School because my mother didn't want me in North Philadelphia. So I went to George Washington, and they had a um, journalism class that I took up there. Um, But, you know, life takes its course, and, you know, you don't always follow what you start out with. But you know, I did do a turn and came back. I went to co- I, I did some college courses in like 2002, and I had a teacher there who introduced me to The Great Gatsby. That was one of my favorite books. And then I wrote I wrote um, I read um, Tumbling with, by uh, Willis Feet uh, Wheatley, and um, that was also a good book. And that started to really spark my interest again in writing. I know that you, um, and I'm I'm, I'm going to be all over the place. I know that you you write devotionals. Mhm. Do you? You saying devotionals? You write um, short stories and daily devotionals, correct? Yes. Do you view writing as a kind of a uh, spiritual practice at all? Oh, of course. Uh, Oh, of course. Of course. Of course I do. Writing is such a, it's like breathing to me. It's such a release. You can write anything down. um, It's yours. You know, I definitely view it as, 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 as being spiritual. I write, 
you know, people, we suffer from a lot of different things in life. We go through so many different things in life, and writing is one way to, you know, talk to God. If you cannot, if you feel like your voice, you can't speak to God, writing is definitely a way to write things down. Um, I do devotionals because of things that I've gone through in my life that I deal with that I want to get out there um, for other people to know how I got through some things, you know, bitterness and um, brokenheartedness or like, um, you know, jealousy, envy, anything, you know, I write them, I write it down. And um, I, I do incorporate Bible uh, verses that I like and um, because they really work, you know, so I, I want to put it out there that, you know, by no means am I a perfect person, but I'm striving to be the best version of God that I can be, that I can show my light to shine. So definitely writing is, is very spiritual to me. It's very dear to my heart. And uh, that's why I believe that at this time in my life that my this is my purpose. You know, I have been praying a long time for God to show me my purpose. What is it that I'm supposed to be on earth doing? You know, I have a lot of people always come to me, ask me for advice or, you know, if somebody's upset, I can kind of talk them down. But there, I also have a lot of people who have prayed for me, who have been there for me, who have talked me down off the ledge. And, you know, so definitely writing um, is spiritual for me. Yes. I told you I would be all over the place. Um, my, my Not a problem. Your typical type of, of interviews, I have to get in the groove and finally get in a comfortable place uh, in order to actually be able to um, get in sync, so to speak, with my, my guests. And I think I, I got it now. Um, so I'm going to okay. stay right there for just a moment. Um, you mentioned your purpose. And I think that is so important mm-hmm. with um, within this, this independent community. Um, that is a mission of, of Indy Fire, to be able to provide a, an avenue of an expression um, for this, this community, whether it be um, an artist, whether it be an entrepreneur, a blogger, a writer, um, and, you know, an author, whomever it, it is within the independent community, to be able to, you know, get their brand out um, to our listening audience. Um, but to also, at the end of the day, um, have lived our purpose, um, and mm-hmm. if you are not walking in your purpose and fulfilling your mission, um, what is it that you're doing? Um, right. So you you have to have a mission. It is it is so important that you have a mission that you have a purpose. And I, and our last guest we spoke on that. You know, in the onset of your. Um, building your brand? Did you have a mission and did mm-hmm. you have a purpose? And, um, and and you just mentioned that, you know, uh, being able to fulfill your purpose. I think that is so very important. Mm-hmm. You just can't step out with a brand and say, you know, I, this is what I want to do and, and, and I hope I'm good at it. You know, you have to have mm-hmm. a purpose. And it, it is, I feel that it, it is the creator who instills in each of us a purpose, and when we grasp that purpose, and we can walk in that purpose, um, and assist others, I think um, 
that's when we, you know, we ourselves are are, are living truly the way that he wants us um, to live. Um, exactly. Now, I know that you, you say that you are creating uh, what's called melodrama. It's called melodrama sticky topics. And what mm-hmm. that means to me is so when I created the Charis series and, you know, I created the, the series and then I was looking for, when I'm on Amazon and Kobo and different places and I'm looking through the genres, my genre really wasn't anywhere, you know. So I'm like, where in the world do I put my book? Do I put it? It's a fiction book, but it is based on somebody's life. It's not, um, you know, so I didn't consider it nonfiction because I did put fictitious things in there so people wouldn't be able to point the person out. But it wasn't just fiction. It wasn't like mystery fiction. It wasn't uh, women's fiction. So I had to actually put it under literary fiction. And when I did do that, I did get some backlash from different people that know what literary fiction really is. And they were like, well, your book is not really literary fiction. It's a women's fiction, but it's literary fiction. It's like all over the place. So I said for the books that I write that are like this are going to be, I want to try to create my own genre, so to say. And it's going to be because my book is pretty melodrama. Um, It's a really sticky topic. It's a topic that people don't like to hear about, don't like to talk about, but it is a real topic. And, um, you know, people go through it all the time. So, and then I have another book that's coming out that's actually, I'm going to flash it the same way because it's another topic that people don't really want to talk about. So that's where I get that from. And I'm hoping to, I'm trying to figure out different, I've been in contact with so many different people trying to figure out how do I create my own drama? Because if you know that there's a, there's a drama, there is something called cozy uh, fiction or cozy drama or something like that. That wasn't a real, that wasn't a real topic, but somebody created it. And now it's called cozy fiction, which is like, you know, Angela Lansbury type stuff. So I'm hoping that, you know, somebody will help and join in with me to really get this, that kind of a genre in because your genre, you need to fit and it don't, it doesn't always fit. So that's why I call it what I call it. So what's the sticky topic? My sticky topic that I'm talking about is, I'm sorry? I didn't research good enough. Like, because I've had uh, when the sticky topic, um, we've discussed a lot of sticky topics on this show. So, I'm, what's what's sticky sticky? Okay, so <laughs> the sticky topic topic is child child trafficking. Uh, my book is about a young lady who, at the age of six, her father um, traffics her, and her mother is there, and. Um, it starts off where he's allowing men to, like, fondle her, molest her, so, so to say, and then it escalates to full-on sex. Uh, but my character is a dancer. She loves to dance, and she really has a talent to dance, 
and that's what kind of gets her through everything. Um, and it's three books that are, um, it goes through the life of this character, uh, starting at the age of six and ending at the age of 23, 24 years old. And, um, yeah, so that's, that's the topic. Um, I've had a lot of different um, views about my book. You know, people are like, oh, my gosh, this is great. Oh, my God, I couldn't put the book down to, I, you know, throughout all the whole series to people who say, oh, my God, how dare you write something like this? This is horrible. Really? But really? Child trafficking, yeah. It's, they go through sexual abuse. They go through mental abuse. And um, her and her mother. But you also get to see, like I said, the, the character go through um, different things and try them through some of the things, fail at some of the things. And uh, also you see the abuse of the mother, where the mother mindset comes from, how she allows, you know, her husband to traffic her child. You know, there's other family members that's also involved in trafficking this child and, you know, also where the father comes from, why he actually, you know, traffics the child, you know, so, and I think that, you know, it's a good, it was a very good topic because it was a friend of mine who actually kind of went through this and uh, so I to wanted to question. I am a uh, human trafficking victims advocate. So my question was going to be, where did you obtain your research? Well, a, a lot of my research did come from my friend. Um, I was friends with a young lady for a long time. And at the age, I think we were about 15 when she told me that, you know, it was actually her mother's boyfriend, you know, that, was molesting her and then having sex with her and then, you know, trying to traffic her. Uh, and she wind up running away from home, and I didn't see her for many, many years. I ran back into her, I'm going to say maybe four or five years ago now. And, uh, you know, I knew her story because I was pretty much the only person that she kind of confided in. Nobody believed her. She did tell. She did tell. But nobody in her family believed that this was going on. Either they didn't believe it or they just didn't want to face it. And so her only recourse she felt was to run away. But when, when she ran away, she also, you know, came up with some pimps that trafficked her and she got on drugs. She wound up having like five kids and um, she couldn't keep any of them. Like they all were taken away. She got, she, when I ran into her, she was coming out of recovery and getting her kids back and, you know, her outlook on life was, was different, you know? Um, so that's where my research came from. You know, she told me a lot of her story and it really haunted me because for years I wondered what happened to her. You know, my life was not like that. And, you know, to know that, somebody I personally knew went through something like that, what could I do? It was my thing. Like, mm -hmm. what could I possibly do? So because I really, like, love to write, I started writing her story. And, I mean, I couldn't stop writing her story. It haunted me the night before. The next day I woke up, I started writing her story. I had the outline, the character name, like everything, and I just kept progressing and progressing and telling it, telling it. But because I know people 
may know, I know people knew that she ran away, and there's people that we all, we both had in common. I didn't want to make it like a her story. So I, I changed right. some things up in the story, but she knows it's her. And, you know, I, I did ask her permission first, and she agreed, you know, that I could tell her story. But I told her I would tell it in a way where she would identify with some of the things, but it wouldn't be her. So she was okay with that. And so, you know, the story started to just evolve and evolve. And, you know, it was so much in my story that I figured, I said, well, I'm going to just do three parts to it because, you know, I had different beta readers, different people read it, and they was like, oh, my gosh, this is, this is too much. It's a lot. It's great, but it's it's a lot. If you have this in one book, then, you know, maybe it's too much for somebody to read. But so that's why I did it three easy reads. And yeah, that's where that's how I came up with what I came up with, and um, I I like the finished product. Actually, um, I have a, a company that wants to pick me up and um, rebrand my book, so it'll be a second edition, and we are going to put all three books together in one. So I'm kind of excited. It is picking up traction. You know, people are really starting to pick it up, read the book, and. Um, you know, identify with it and, and appreciate the book. So, you know, I'm grateful for that. I would definitely love to present it to my organization um, just to uh, get feedback um, from them on the book. Uh, you mentioned, sure. and I know this, this, um, this probably wasn't, the best word to use, an easy read, because that topic is right. not even an easy topic to discuss, let alone something easy to read. So three parts right. would have been some, you know, the best way to break that down. And I know that you, mm-hmm. you chose a true life experience and you added on, and I know that you, you've done additional research to be able to um, complete a, a series but how hard for, was it for you to know that this is something that occurs to someone that, you know, you, you knew, um, but then to stay focused and not be distracted with your own um, emotions and own feelings? Because um, when I have to go to court, when I have to um, go to the hospital, um, Mm-hmm. With a victim, um, it is it is very emotionally tolling um, on me. Uh, a lot of, and this is not anything that has ever occurred to me. Anything that has ever happened to uh, a family member, a loved one, um, but it is something that I, as a, as a person who has been charged with um, the the right to serve. You know, servitude is something that is a purpose that is in place over my life. So mm-hmm. as someone who has to serve, it it is very tolling on me to have to sit in the hospital with a victim um, or the courthouse with a victim. So, But I can come home and pray about it or meditate on it, but to continuously have to sit and write a book, you know, how do you stay yeah. focused and not let it get you distracted and not get you down. How do you, how, and then continue to write the book. How do you do that? 
How did I do that? Well, well, a lot of prayer, a lot of prayer. And the fact that her story always stuck with me, and then when I ran back into her, it haunted me. It was it was more or less like, it. you have to write this book. So I truly believe that it was God that was speaking to me that says that you have to write the book. Um, it was... It was, I, I, I'm not going to lie, I did cry at times, you know, even thinking about it and, and writing some of the stuff. Initially, when I first did my first draft of the book, it was too dark. It was very dark because her story is what I really was telling, but I had to lighten it up because the true story is that her mother and father was doing it to her. But the book, I have to, I had to give her some sort of savior. And I made her mother the savior because, you know, my mother is my savior. My father was my savior. So I, you know, so it just, I had to lighten the book up that way. I had to do a lot of praying, soul searching, and even talking to her to just help me continue to write the book. But God also spoke to me and said that this is, this is your this is your debut. This is your book. This is what you, you, this is your passion. This is what, this is going to be your path. So this is what you're going to write. And it really just, it didn't take me no time to write these books. It just came out. It just like, it just, it flowed. So, you know, it, it wasn't easy, but it wasn't, it was, it was effortless, I should say. So it was, and it was surprising to me as well because, you know, I had to do a lot of editing and a lot of taking this out and taking that out, you know. But, again, um, it, it was kind of effortless because, you know, the, I don't know, I want to say the Holy Spirit just was just there and working through me and, and making sure that I get this story out. And I know yeah. you're trying to do things, you're trying to do things in this this series. You're trying to convey her message um, or her story. Um, you're trying to, to let her mother be her saving grace, but you're also trying to um, convey a message also. Um, and I haven't read, I'm sorry, but I haven't read the book. Yes. Yes. Um, but I know that you're also trying to convey the message of the higher power in right. these books as well. How how hard is that? Um, just just well, in general, you have right so, so many people out there. You mentioned that you have people that are naysayers. For one, they don't want to hear what you're you're reading because. You shouldn't. You sh- this is something that you shouldn't write about, right? For one, but then you have people also that you know could possibly be condemning. Um, this is you're not listening. You got to hear the message at the end of the story. You got to get through the story to hear the message that I'm trying to convey in this book. Like, mm-hmm. how do you how do you reach people like that? Well, just just I meet them where they are. Um, in the book, because in the book, throughout the entire, the the three-part series, you don't see 
you see a lot of what she goes through, and she does. Um, you see her evolution through the books. It's only in the second book that I bring in um, a, her a religious portion of the book because it it's going through the first book. You don't see prayer. You don't see anything like she does similar. She prays a, a tad bit, but she doesn't really know how because there was no stereology in book one. But in book two, that's where the prayer comes in. You know, she does say she does say a prayer. She do meet someone that helps her that is, is sort of religious. So that's where religion comes in. And then in book three, you know, you see her really elevate um, to who she really is is going to be in life. So it, you know, religion is not a religious book. Um, it's not a lot of prayer, but there is some in there because, you know, that's my belief. That's what I know that going through something like this, I would imagine that I would definitely need to to know God. So, yeah. This series here. Are these the only books that you've written thus far? No. Oh, my goodness. No. Uh, about about this topic, yes. I have um, several other books. I, I did a murder mystery. It's called Sleepless Nights, and it's kind of based on my daughter and her and three of her friends. I have four children. So my youngest daughter loves uh, the Korean language, food, everything is so I did a, a, um, a murder mystery based on her when she graduates out of high school going over to South Korea. So that has, uh, like, it's mystical, and it's a murder mystery. I have uh, a ton of self-help books out. I also have a bunch of children's books out. Um, my same daughter um, had a cat named Calico, so I did a series on um, detectives. She's a, she's a junior detective, so I did kids' books on that. I have a few kids' books out on um, life-threatening diseases that children go through. I have one on sickle cell. I have one on cerebral palsy. Um, I'm coming out with one on cancer, and I have one on um, autism as well that's out. I, I do it. You know, there's picture books. They're for kids, how they try through um, these diseases. And, um, you know, still try to live as normal life as possible. So I know people personally that um, that I've been close with who have children who suffer through these diseases, and these kids are the best. Like, they, they don't let these diseases get them down. So I wanted to showcase that because I, I love children, you know, because I have four, and then I just am fortunate enough to not have had any of my children have life-threatening diseases, but I have a lot of friends who children children do. So I wanted to, you know, shine a light on that as well because, you know, people try to treat children with disabilities sometimes, you know, as different kids. But these kids uh, go swim. They go, they do taekwondo. They ride horses. Like, they just, they triumph. They do a lot of the things that um, people don't think that they're capable of doing. So I kind of wanted to showcase that. And then I have, like I said, a lot of self-help books because I believe in giving back. I believe in things that I have 
been through, journey through, you know, what worked for me may work for someone else, or you can maybe take a bits of pieces of what I've learned along my 48 years and, and, you know, hopefully they will, you know, help people. So, you know, I just, my mission in life, and I believe God put this in my spirit is just to, you know, give back as much as I possibly can. I have a voice, you know, I'm creative with my writing, so why not use it? And and why not use it to the glory for other people? I love that, that your books um, incorporate real-life experiences that, um, mm-hmm. that impact um, the stories impact the lives of others. I mean, they, they, they showcase, um, especially those uh, that you talked about, um, showcase the different illnesses or diseases that these mm-hmm. children um, experience. We had an author on the show earlier this month who um, she's an avid pet lover, and she has a, a pet series, and um, it teaches like, self-care, how to take care of your pets, and um, and, and I was just, just like floored how, because um, I'm not a pet lover at all, but it, it teaches you like the responsibility, it teaches, teaches children um, how to take care of their pets, and you know if your pet's ever ill, you know what you're supposed to do like pet CPR and pet first aid, but it teaches like children mm-hmm. the responsibility of taking care of pets, and this series just goes through all of that, and even children have illnesses and diseases, you know, who may not, um, you know, would have ever thought they were able to own a pet, you know, she goes in and she teaches these children, you know, um, like the pet, how to, um, like service animals, how to be able to take care of their, their owners, and, you know, like, does the same type of thing, and her book series goes through, like, the same process, and, and I just thought it was, you know, just really something that I would have never thought, you know, to be able to do, but you're doing the same thing. You're right. showing these children as mm-hmm. as superheroes, you know, with their illnesses through these these books that you've written for them and for other people to be able to read. Because again, people do think that you know, children um, who have uh, illnesses or or diseases, if they put them in this category, like you know, they're not able to play sports or they're not able to participate in activities because they they have a disability and they have. Just place this, put them in this category. Like you know, you can't do this, and you have given them this outlet to show that you know you are just as as mighty as the rest of us, and that's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. That's, just, that's an, kudos. Thank, thank you. you for yeah. that. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um. What What exactly you mentioned? Um. Being that voice. So what What do you do? What does your brand do in your community? Um. Besides, you know, these books, what are you? What else are you doing in the community? Well, I'm actually starting to create some courses because I have I have a ton of people reaching out to me about my. I have I have a YouTube channel that's fairly new that I do a lot of YouTube videos. Like I'll write some stuff and you know about um, you know motivational things um, about bitterness about maybe self-love or uh, how to deal with the silent treatment, how to deal with, uh, you know, how to meditate, different things that I've, like I said, along the journey. So I have a a ton of people starting to reach out to me now 
about how do I, I want to buy into this. Like I want to do, you know, I, I want to learn. So I'm, I'm working with someone right now to try to create some courses um, that I can offer through my website um, for people to, you know, learn how to do some, some things that I've learned how to do. Lisa Nichols is actually one of my uh, people that I, I listen to a lot. Um, I love her, her motivational, um, transformational um, speaking. So, you know, I'm trying to work with that, go that route and um, learn how to help other people um, with these courses. So I'm, I'm going to create some courses that will be available on my website for people to be able to download and different videos to look at and, you know, different um, affirmations to say to themselves. Because what I, what I have experienced, and, and I'm coming across so many different people, women especially, is that we don't love ourselves the way that we should. And when we don't love ourselves the way that we should, other people are not going to love us. And we go around with this despair and hurt all the time and um, not not tapping into our higher power to just, you know, hone in on ourselves that we are important, that we're not just caregivers. We got to give the care to us. We got to love us. We got to honor us. And that is what I am learning, and so people are really starting to really reach out to me to say, "Hey, I want to learn that. I want to. How how do we do this?" So I'm I'm creating some courses for that right now. That's awesome. Yeah. And there, and I know there's probably somebody sitting listening right now, some female, sucking her teeth, um, thinking, you know. There's somebody else doing that over there, and there there is. Um, but the problem is there's not enough somebodies that are doing it. Um, right. Or there's somebody else that's sitting with the same mentality that you are. Um, you know, I had, and I'm going to get on soup for just a moment, I had this discussion um, with my mother, uh, who just got back from Nicaragua on, on Sunday afternoon, um, you know, we, we had this crazy experience in church on Sunday, um, and people go to church, and they, you know, they go for various different reasons, but you shouldn't go to church and come out of church the same way you went in, All right? So if you walk to church and you, you had a feeling of you were stressed out, you were depressed when you walked to church, you should not come out of church the same way you went in. But some things you need to leave on the altar, and so I felt the need I felt very compelled to just stand up and turn and say on Sunday, you know, like I've been bogged down with so much, so much that I'm not going to leave the same way that I came in here today. And I know I'm not the only one that feels this way. And I'm, if I'm out of order today, forgive me. And if I got to start pulling people up to this altar, so be it. But I feel like there's so many of us that sit. And we, we listen to the word and we, we adhere to it, but we're not fully walking in what we're hearing. And we're allowing this spirit of depression to to just keep us bogged down. 
And a lot of it is because of generational curses. And women, we're the ones that are, I feel like we're the ones that are being put in to the curses. And I started grabbing women and bringing them to the altar. And, you know, in the church, especially in my church, you know, people don't want to hear about mental illness and depression, and they want you to pray your way through, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with praying your way through, all right? But sometimes, you know, you, you need to talk to um, other people that are going through what you're going through. And so um, I, I felt like, you know, if, if you're not going through it and if you've never gone through it, then maybe you don't understand what people who are going through it are actually are feeling, all right? And so after mm-hmm. church, just women, we just sat down and we just released. I mean, it was it was crazy. It was something that people in the ministers have been preaching about, you know, bringing it to the altar for the longest. But it wasn't until somebody had to speak up and say, you know, hey, this is what we're all feeling it. We're all going through it. And so I think that what you're wanting to do is, is amazing. Somebody has to step out and say, you know, hey, this is this is what we need. If we continue to keep ourselves bogged down, if we continue to say, hey, um, you know, if we don't speak the positivity over our own lives, if we don't show the love for our own selves, then if we can't care for our own selves and take care of our own selves, then we can't take care of those who are depending and relying on us. Mm-hmm. So I think what you're doing right. is, is amazing. And it doesn't matter that the next woman is doing it or the next woman is doing it. There's not enough people that are doing it. There has right. to be a multitude that continues to do it so that we can break the curses. If everyone were doing it and doing it correctly, then we would not have so many people still suffering mental illness. And so many suffering yeah. with, you know, depression and so many people committing suicide. Right. So I think what you're right. doing is amazing. And there's always going to be thank naysayers. You, you. <laughs> of course. Well, I think that um, the first thing, though, we have to surrender. <laughs> and that's it. That is it. That is it. People don't want to surrender. And, and I even, for a long time, I didn't want to surrender. I'm like, God, I know you're there. I know you're doing your thing, and you're going to just help me make this work. But until I surrendered, and even here lately, until I surrendered, you know what I mean? God just said, okay, you want to do your will? Do your will. When you're ready to surrender, I'll be here. And and when I fully surrendered and, and allowed God to just do what he needed to do, that's that's when people get to turn around. Now, I I have a daughter, um, my actually my oldest daughter, that do suffer from um, some mental illness, and mm-hmm. you know at times she just really drives me crazy. But at times I'm I just have to remember that you know everybody is is I'm I I I don't deal with the mental illness. I have dealt with different types of depression but I don't deal with the severity of what she's going through, but I'm there mm-hmm. for her. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can identify yeah. with her. I can understand what she's going through. You know, I can talk with my daughter 
about what it is, you know, that her, her, some of her decisions that she makes. And people, you know, mental illness is real. It, it's also a spirit, um, but it is real. And people do not want to identify with it because they look at it like, oh, my God, something is wrong with me. The things, how I got through to my daughter, I said to her, I said, if you were a diabetic, and your doctor told you you needed to take whatever the medication so your diabetes wouldn't be out of control, would you take it? And she said, yes, mom. I said, so look at it as the same way. For right now, what you need to do is take the medication so you can be able to focus. My daughter that dealt with schizophrenia is in school now going through uh, getting her master's degree in mental health. She got her back <laughs> associate, her bachelor's. So I say that to say to to people that are listening that 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 may be going through mental illness or going to going through sexual violence or or just tr- feeling very very trapped. You can do it. You can do it. You just got to tap into that higher power. You got to tap into that mm-hmm. belief system. And you got to tap into yourself. Like God puts us here for a reason, a reason. And all of us have a purpose here. And, you know, just by the grace of God, I have found mine, you know, but it took 48 years. (laughs) I say that to say, you know, it's never too late. It's never too late. You never know what God has in store for you. And I am, I have just taken what God has instilled in me. And I'm taking it by the, the, the bull's horn, and I am running with it. I'm letting nothing and nobody stop me. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, and, and I think I know the answer. I know the answer. Um, but to what do you attribute uh, your success? Oh, my goodness. Well, first and foremost, God. For sure, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I have I I have a, a my 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 father just passed um, in in March. Um, he he was a big force in my life. My mother is a, is a big force in my life. My children are a big force in my life. Um, my grand I have two grandmothers. They were a big force. Like I I come from a a very large family. My family is a big force in my life, and. Um, I've had so many people, you know, along the way that really did believe in me. Um, so, you know, I've had a lot of support uh, that came my way. You know, I've had um, someone, his name is Brian Johnson, very special to me, that really believed in me and, you know, bought me my computer Support me, my dragon naturally speaking, um, helped fund me when when I really decided to get my books going and whatever I needed, if I needed an editor or whatever, he helped me um, along the way. Um, so I have been very, very, very fortunate uh, with people that really believe in what I'm doing, believe in my voice, believe in um, that, that, you know, that I can make a difference. So, you know, God has worked through them. I believe that with wholeheartedly so that, 
you know, I can get what I need to say out so that I can keep going. And um, I I just have, like, high the highest hopes for what, what God has in store for me with through my writing for, for, for people. Um, so that, that's been, you know, my course, that's, that's who's helped me. That's been my, those have been my inspirations, um, to keep going with this. And, um, I first debuted my books in November of 2018. I'm coming up on a full year, um, soon. And, um, I, I just know that God is just going to continue to, you know, bless me and, and, um, bless people through my books. I'm hoping that, you know, people really get to know me and know that, you know, I'm serious about my business and that they get enjoyment out of my book, that they can laugh, they can cry, they can, um, you know, uh, triumph through my writing. And um, and that my writing is a outlet because writing is an outlet. Writing is so therapeutic. I encourage everybody to write. I really do because you can write a letter to somebody that you're angry with and never send it to them, but you can write it, get what you need to say out. Because sometimes, you know, when you're angry with somebody, they're angry with you. They don't give you a chance to say what you need to say to them. But if you write it out, those words are there. You can you can send it or not. You know, you could tear it up, throw it or whatever, but you get it out. That is the most important thing. Get it out. I tell everybody, right? <laughs> Love it. Love it. What is the last thing that you learned? The Say that again? I'm sorry. What is the last thing that you learned? About what? In general. What is the last thing that someone was able to teach okay. you? Okay. That that um nothing is certain. Nothing is certain. So, I mean, you know, nothing is certain in this life. The only thing that is certain is your belief. What you believe, what your belief system is. Um, yeah, that, that 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 nothing is certain. That the only thing that you can believe in, that you can hold on to, is, is your belief. Um, and then my belief is is in God, the higher power, and um, that is what <laughs> the last thing that somebody showed me and told me. And, you know, that everybody has a right to their perspective in life. You know, my perspective in life is through rose-colored glasses, as I've been told. And what that means to me and what that means to someone else is different. You know, I like to believe the best in people. I like to believe that people are going to show their best, that they can be their best. They don't always do it, but I, that's my belief. Other people believe that, you know, you shouldn't look through rose-colored glasses because things are black and white. I don't believe that because God has shown me so much in these years that I know that even though I look through rose-colored glasses and I, see, I try to see the best in people, and I believe the best in people, and sometimes they, I'm let down. 
I still believe. I still believe. So I'm okay with that. And what is the last thing that you have taught someone? That I truly do love them. That I truly do love them. That my love is unconditional. Um, That at the end of the day, um, nobody is perfect. That we all make mistakes. That we all um, do things that, that are not good, but they are not intentional. And um, that, you know, God has really shown me unconditional love so I can show somebody else unconditional love. Doesn't mean that I'm going to be somebody's doormat or anything like that, but it does mm-hmm. mean that at, at the heart of it, I still love you. I still love people. Like, I still, I don't have any enemies that I, I'm no one's enemy. They might be mine, but I am no one's enemy. <laughs> so that's the last thing I think I taught someone is that regardless of, you know, what has transpired, what is what we go through, I still love you. Because I am a child of God, and that's what God has taught me, to love everyone. And I really do. So I don't have anyone that I hate. Well, I don't know how you're going to twist this one. But you're an author. <laughs> so, so let's make it happen. Someone is listening to the show right now, and they are a brand new writer. And they, they've right. listened, and they say, you know what? I've, I've absorbed everything Ms. Cheryl has said. Um, and I'm ready to uh, go ahead and get this first book published. But I'm a little bit scared. I'm a little bit leery. I need just a little bit more advice. What piece of advice would you mm-hmm. offer to this new artist? Or, I'm sorry, to this new um, writer? Um, right. From the the last thing that you learned and the last thing that you taught, combine those two to offer this new writer your best piece of advice. Uh, um, just do it. I procrastinated my craft for 22 years. 22 years. Just do it. Get your dragon, get your computer. Uh, it's dragon helped me because you can actually just speak into it and it'll write whatever you say. If you are a typer, type it. Just do it. There is no, no wrong in what you write. It's your words. It's your vision. It's yours. So just do it, write it. Now, I started off first with self-publishing. It's one of the easiest things you can do. Um, because know your genre, know, know your audience. That's, that's another thing I would tell them because I really didn't know my audience. I just wrote from a story that was from my heart. But then I had to, after I wrote it, I had to think about, who am I trying to sell this book to? Everybody don't want, and I learned, everybody don't want to hear this topic, but I'm still going to put it out there because it's my work that, you know, I want to go out there. So I would say, you know, you know, you don't have to stick with one genre because I didn't. Um, I would tell them to whatever comes to your heart, you write it down, you draft it out, get your outlines, 
you know, get people to beta read it because beta readers are like awesome. They will tell you the truth, even though it hurts sometimes, but they will tell you what you need to put. This beta readers are readers who are readers that, that say, hey, listen, these are the books that I would buy. These are the books that I wouldn't buy. So have yourself a team of beta readers. I would also tell them that, you know, once they have a finished product, you know, with a book cover and everything, do, do a pre-sell. Pre-sell your book, you know, um, have an ARC. Um, I didn't know these things um, coming through. An ARC is a bunch of people who will go out and it's going to help you promote your books. They're going to read your books. They're going to give you advice. You're going to get a get your editing together, and then they're going to send it out to other people to also help promote your book to other people and other people and other people. I didn't know that starting off. I just figured, okay, I'll write a book. I'll put it on Amazon. I have social media. It's going to sell, but that's not how it works. <laughs> you need to, you know, put get the hype up about your book. You know, you got to have all your social media in line, you know, right now I have I have help now. I have social media managers who help me manage my social media, who give me a good advice about this is how you reach this audience, this is how you reach that. But I didn't know all of these things. I just winged it, you know. And then I had people come back afterwards and was like, well, you don't have a social media manager? You don't do this? You don't have Twitter? You don't have this? And I'm like, what is Twitter? Like, I didn't, you know. So now I would tell them to, you know, do research. Research keywords are important when you are starting out and um, start a blog. Blogging is essential to authors because people get to know you prior to when your stuff come out. If you can blog, if you can get readers engaged in you prior to, then you have a better chance on, you know, notoriety, getting your stuff out there and them telling more people. If they know that who you are, what you stand for is already out there. When you and then and then also while you're writing your book, share chapters. Share chapters of your book. Share your characters. You know, say, hey, I'm thinking about naming my character this. You know, whatever your genre is, you know, you should share it with your with on your blog, uh, with your with your people. And then when you go to launch your book, you already going to have book sales just like that. These are things I didn't know that I learned after the fact. So with book one, you know, I had my book launching and I, I had it, you know, had a, a nice turnout. But with book two, I was a little bit better prepared. With book three, I was more prepared. With the other books, more prepared. And now I'm actually doing, doing a turnabout because it's almost a year. You know, like I told you in the beginning, I have a company that's interested and um, publish a, tr a traditional company that's interested in publishing my book. So I'm going to rebrand um, my book, turn my three books into one, and um, go from there, you know. So that's, that's, that's my advice to new authors starting. Because I had no one to advise me. I had to learn. That was awesome advice probably the best advice i have heard he didn't hold back on anything um and 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 that was that was amazing a lot of people want to give you tidbits of information because they're so scared you know maybe you're going to elevate a little higher she didn't hold back on anything she gave you what you needed um because somebody gave it to her uh, thank you 
for that information. Mm-hmm. Um, because they yeah, just know. There's, there's just all it is. There's enough for everybody. Um, and and yeah. I feel in every aspect of each independent realm, there's enough for everyone. Um, and so that's what it's all about, helping each individual get to the level um, it is that they're trying to attain. Thank you so much for all of that information that you just said, um, for that, that new um, writer, author that's out there aspiring to get to the next level. Thank you so much for that information. I do want to go ahead and open the floor up for you now to go ahead and get all of your contact information out. For those who may be listening live now, for those who may come back and listen to one of the many, many playback shows um, for however they want to reach out to you and get in contact with you, the floor is now yours to go ahead and get all of your contact information out. Thank you. Thank you. So um, first and foremost, my blog, or my one blog now, is www.deardaughterslovesmom.com, where you can find all of my blog information, all of my articles that I post. Um, my books are on sale there. My books are also on sale at on Amazon, Kobo, Smashbooks, and everything else that she that she mentioned. Um, I have a YouTube channel that's fairly new. I have a a few, actually, maybe 14 new videos up now, um, most of them are self-help, and that is um, Love Letters to My Daughters is my YouTube name. I have Twitter. Uh, My Twitter account is CLS60788, so you can reach me there as well. My Facebook page is called CherylTLong.com Authors Page, so you can find me there as well. And then my Instagram is 570FlowersBloom. You can find me there. You can find information about me there as well. I will be starting, um, like I said, on my on my blog, some self-help courses because I really do believe in giving back and helping everyone achieved to be the best person that they can be. And um, my email address is T-E-R-R-E-L-L-H-I-L-L-I-A-M at gmail.com. And um, I'm going to have a newsletter starting up very, very soon. So you can reach me there as well. So, you know, there's so much... um, out here, so much, so much in my social media out here, you can contact me. Um, I am available to do more podcasts as well. So I'm looking forward to uh, what the Lord has in store for me coming up soon. Awesome. What was the YouTube again? My YouTube is called Love Letters to My Daughters. All right, letters with an S and daughters with an S? Yes. All right. So we will look for that so we can subscribe. Thank you again yes, for joining us this evening. Again, you could have been anywhere, but you took the time to be here with us this evening. Make sure that you're following the show on all social media platforms. That's Indie E-N-D-I-E-F-I-Y-A. Make sure you're following me on all social media platforms. That's a girl in motion. G R L N M O T I O N. 
Uh, the August calendar is uh, completely booked, so if you cannot make all shows, make sure that you're not missing all shows. Uh, new show time starts, uh, we started in August, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Make sure that you're tuning in right here on this coming Thursday. Um, Mogul Music Entertainment Hip Hop Artist Too Unique will be here at uh, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then back here at uh, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, that's for the East Coast. Then for the West Coast, um, that will be 3.30 p.m. Eastern, no, Pacific Standard Time. There we go. With um, speaker and um, writer and uh, transformation coach, there we go, Ebony Thompson will join us on Tuesday the 13th, again at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, no show on next Thursday, the um, 13th, as I prepare to take my only daughter away to college. Guys, keep me in your thoughts and prayers. My son, Doug Lee, before oh the on uh, next Monday as he does prepare uh, for training as he deploys to Kuwait in October. And again, my daughter does leave for college on next Thursday. So um, got two leaving me next week, and I'm, I'll be here with, with two. So it's going to be a very wow, emotional congrats. week. <laughs> yeah, very emotional week next week for me. So uh, keep me in your thoughts. Right. And Cheryl, uh, uh, it's good to have you here with us this evening. Again, your, old, your family, once you're on the show, you're always welcome back to the show. Is anything we Thank can do you. for you promotional, um, promotional status? Please and I have a page to reach out to Monica, and we will uh, be more than glad to um, get promotions out for you. Thank you. Thank you. So very welcome. Until 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Thursday, you all have a good night. Good night.